for scripture reading today. I'd like to read from 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's very fitting that Sung Ben was talking about reconciliation, because that is exactly what we are celebrating today, is the reconciliation of relationship with God and hearing God's call. The decision to be baptized is not always an easy one or a clear one. Maybe today is an opportunity for you to recall when you were baptized. I was thinking about that this morning, and the one thing that I thought about was it was very meaningful to me because it was, it was not real early. It was a little later in my teens, but... Um, I do remember the one thing, there was a tradition that my mom would be up there with my dad and my dad would do the baptism. My dad was a pastor. And then, um, and then the, for the women, for the girls that were baptized, my mom would give them a little kiss on the cheek. And I was so afraid that my mom was going to give me a kiss on the cheek in front of God and everybody. And it was going to be embarrassing, but um, it is a decision. There was a boy that told his father, Dad, if three frogs were sitting on a limb that hung over a pool and one decided to jump off into the pool, how many frogs would be left on the limb? Dad replied, well, two. No, the son replied, there's three frogs and one decides to jump. How many are left? The dad said, oh, I get it. If one decides to jump, the others would too. So there's none left. The boy said, no, dad. The answer is three. The frog only decided to jump. Today, we have three young people that not only decided to jump, but today they jump into the water. Now, they may splash the rest of us in there, but I'm not sure what will happen. But they're jumping into the calling of God in their lives. I remember I was just watching a video this week of a baptism, and I was struck by it because every one of the persons being baptized had a T-shirt on that said, I have decided. That's all that it said on it. And it harkens us back to that song, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. 
It's that commitment to say, I'm ready for the journey of faith. I'm ready to jump into the water and, and swim with God and, and swim in God's will and swim in God's way. It's a powerful decision to be made. And all of this process of claiming faith and entering into this relationship is, has a rhythm to it. Some people talk about the rhythms of life. Well, there is a rhythm to it. And we already heard this morning a reference going all the way back to Genesis that God initiated creation out of nothing. And then it was Adam and Eve's response. And then it was God's response. And then it was human's response. And then it was God's response. And back and forth that goes. I will only do five of them very quickly today. We want to get to the testimonies and the, the, uh, the joy of celebrating the spiritual journey of our young people. But part of that journey was that the first initiative is God's love. In scripture, this God's story begins with God's love. He cares. He comes after us. He pursues us. He follows us. He wants a relationship. We know this well. In fact, uh, let's recite it together. I'm that confident. John 3.16. Together, for God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. That is God taking that initiative to say, I see you, I'm here. I see you and I want a closer relationship with you. And in John 1 verse 12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. It's God's initiative. So I'm loved because of God's initiative to provide that love toward, toward me and, and toward us. The second stage, so that's God's initiative. And then it's this opportunity for us to respond. And today celebrates the fact that we have a response. I've decided it's our response to God's love. Joshua 24, 14 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods of your fathers, the gods which your fathers served in the beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Luke 9, 23. And he said to them all, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. And John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus said, and I, and I know them. 
and they follow me. And so you have God's loving action toward us. Our response and the decision in responding to that. And then thirdly, I'm delivered. It's God's response to our response. God's response to our decision to to commit our lives to the Lord and to be a follower of Christ. That deliverance is not only from the bondage of sin, but it's forgiveness of sin. In Romans 8, 1 and 2, Paul says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And in 1 John 5, it says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it? And this is just reiterating and pounding the point home. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so this is God's response. It is forgiving us for our sins. It is giving the grace that Jesus Christ gave where he took upon himself the sins of everyone and paid a price for us. So that is God's response. Now, and this is coming and for maybe all of us need to revisit this. Because of that forgiveness, every day, not just in a lifetime or you know, recounting something 10 years ago, but every day asking for forgiveness. And then fourthly, we're, we have to respond to God's call to be a new person. And so if we're going to be a different person, if we're going to claim the identity of Christ, and I want to encourage you sometime, if you want to think about how to pray for young people, youth, your own children, pray, first of all, you can simply Google identity in Christ and pray that identity for our children and young people that you would know that you have been established as a child of God I don't care how the world rates you I don't care how everybody else says you stack up how they berate your abilities or your your inefficiencies or inabilities to do something successful in the world's eyes, simply encourage and pray over people that God's identity would be claimed, that we would not only be forgiven, but we would then claim who God calls us to be. And in that, we are called to devote ourselves to the way of Christ. Um, in Colossians 1, 9-14, Uh, There's some words in here that are pretty significant. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, 
so that you may have great endurance and patience. Now that is power packed with a devotion to serve the Lord. And again, it says, you enter into this and you devote yourselves, God will devote everything he has for, for our purpose and our benefit and for our serving. And in, uh, in 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. It's not going to be the same. We're not cookie-cutter believers. We're not just stamped out in the same mold as everyone else. But to find our unique way that God is calling us to use whatever we can, whatever we have to serve. If anyone speaks, they should do so uh, as stewards of... uh, um, Do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Dr. M.R. DeHaan put it this way. In the early days of the church, baptism was a declaration that a believer was definitely identifying themselves with that group of people who were called Christians who were despised and hated. To be a Christian meant something. To identify yourself with one of those who were called Christians meant persecution, maybe death. It meant being ostracized from your family, shunned by friends, and one act which was the final declaration of this identification was baptism. If you were baptized, you better watch out because the authorities were coming for you. As long as someone just gathered with Christians, that was tolerated, but not those that were baptized. And you, they belonged to a despised group. Now, I brought with me from my office this morning, this is a very old book. You can see that the binding is quite loose. This book, somebody said, is that a, an old Bible as I carried it up? I said, no, it's an old book called The Martyr's Mirror. And I don't remember right now who gave it to me, but it's a very old copy. This book is huge. I don't know how many pages there are. Over a thousand pages. It's filled with story after story after story of people who said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And they followed Jesus. Even some of them had tongue presses put screwed through their tongues so they couldn't proclaim Jesus. They did it anyway through grunts and utterances, proclaiming Jesus, singing songs, even as the flames came up to consume them and they died. Firm in their decision, no turning back, all for Christ. This book represents those who took seriously that decision to say, I don't care. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back. And so devoting ourselves is our response to what God's doing in our lives. And finally, 
God acts yet again. He doesn't just call us to something and say, well, okay, you're good to go. You're on your own. No, he calls us to something and he equips and empowers us to do what he called us to do. So I am directed. I am loved. I am redeemed. I am delivered. I'm devoted. And I am directed to be able to serve and be guided by God's mission for us. In doing that and providing that guidance, it is very, very clear that we are called not just to live out happy days in our faith, but to be able to bring that faith to life in other people and to be able to minister to others and find ways to show God's love, to show God's forgiveness, to respond to people in saying there is hope, there is encouragement in a world that is really a mess right now, more, maybe more than ever, there is hope and there's encouragement. And, and we are really called to be guided. Psalm 25.5 says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior. My hope is built in you all day long. And in John 16, Jesus was teaching about the Holy Spirit. He said, But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. And so we are called to live into our identity as people of God and people who are willing to serve God and do his mission. And that is what we're celebrating today with the baptisms. So we go back to the scripture passage Um, that was read, that Doug read earlier, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. That's what we celebrate today. And we made the point to the the youth, and we still will do a few more classes as, as we go forward here. We've often done that where part of the instruction time is prior to the foundation, prior to baptism, and we do some follow-up with some of these other themes following. But one of the questions that inevitably comes up is whether or not I need to be perfect to be able to be a Christian. I don't want to make a commitment if I can't be perfect. I want to be faithful. And that sometimes that is a very noble cause to say I want to be able to follow through well with what I'm committing to that's a great thing at the same time we are also called to remember that one of the ways that God promises his presence is to constantly do redeeming work we make mistakes we err we we struggle and then we tend to beat ourselves up and we tend to, to, to over-condemn ourselves instead of being willing to submit to the grace and forgiveness and seek that forgiveness from God. And so um, there, there was a, a, 
a young man and a young woman who were going on a date. Now this may not sound great, but they were sort of short on money. And so the guy decided to take her out one dark evening to a spot that they would just park and they were just talking. And um, it it was very dark. They stopped the car. And while they were talking about various things, he says, I don't know why, but I just stuck my head head down onto the steering wheel. And in the middle of, of the darkness, he did it a couple of times, suddenly realizing that he had stuck his head through the steering wheel and his head was stuck. Now she couldn't see it. And so he's over there struggling with it and he's getting really hot And so he rolls down the window, and it was pretty cool outside. And so she's like, why do you have the window open? And he said, and then he he confessed, well, my head is stuck in the steering wheel. And, And she laughed and laughed and laughed, and he felt, you know, about this big, and... um and he, and then he thought as he's struggling, and there was nothing she could do, so he says, well, if my head went through it, it should be able to get back out. And he contorted himself around and finally got his head back out of the steering wheel. Now, that's a really good way to impress someone, isn't it? <laughs> they ended up getting married. That became, that date became the foundation of a relationship. And it wasn't because they were perfect. It wasn't because they knew everything and were all ready. It was because of their willingness to be able to say, I'm not going to take myself so seriously that I have to earn my grace and forgiveness and perfect." by my perfection and my attempts. And we need to encourage our young people. And we need to encourage each other as adults. And we need to encourage each other in the later years. Accept the forgiving love of God's grace and then respond in faithfulness. What a great calling we have to be able to respond and what a great, great celebration we have today to enjoy this time of baptism. How have the team come up and lead us in a song that sort of gives testimony that it's really a prayer for, may it be a prayer for all of us, but specifically also a prayer for those that are being baptized today. I will not be shaken.